Shanklin here with my lovely wife Susan. Hello. You're sure looking good today. I know I have something a little brighter on because it's like 48 degrees and it's almost June. But it's raining, praise the Lord. It's raining. So rain is good, praise God. And the heat is on. Amen. Well, today we want to talk about something I think is very important to all of us, and that's overcoming condemnation. You know, I think a lot of us face uh, condemnation in our lives, whether we're a Christian or a non-Christian, and uh, it can be a very heavy burden to bear. And it may be something that that happened in your life, you know, before you came to Christ or yesterday or yesterday or some error or something that happened in a relationship or some destructive habit or something that's just wearing on you and beating you down. It's like a cancer. Condemnation is very, very defeating and God does not want you to be under condemnation. You know, I know I deal with it, surprisingly enough. You know, I beat myself up over and over and over again for something I did stupidly or willingly or unwillingly. And I asked God to forgive me, but, you know, it. I struggled to, I guess, forgive myself, mm -hmm. you know, and um, put it under the blood. So when Tom said he was doing this, I said, oh, I think I'll just, <laughs> I think I'll just listen because I really need this. Well, but, I... I pray this will be a, a blessing to, to you and to all our viewers, watchers, listeners, and uh, that we will come into that freedom. You know, him who the sun sets free is free indeed. Well, you know, I would like to give us condemnators. <laughs> At least we have have emotions and feelings. We're not, mm -hmm. we're not um, made of stone and we're not cold. But I think we can have victory, and um, Amen. that's that. And the only place we're going to really find the victory is in the Word of God. So, Under the blood. We're going to go to uh, John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8. And I'd like to read this story about a woman who was caught in adultery. John chapter 8 beginning in verse 1. But why don't we pray first? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Mm. Your word is truth. Your, your word, word is the answer. Yeah, your word is a light on, on our path, a lamp mm. to our feet, a light unto our path. So, Father, we just thank you through your word. You minister to us today mm -hmm. and give us that victory that belongs to us through Jesus Christ that he purchased at Calvary. And may all your people be blessed through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. All right. John chapter 8, verse 1. And Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he returned to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. When they had put her in the middle, they said to her, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses in the law commanded us to stone such, but what do you say? And they said this, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear them. 
So when they continued asking him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. <clears throat> Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Being convicted by their conscience, those who heard it went out one by one, beginning with the eldest even to the last. Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had stood up, he saw no one and saw no one but the woman. He said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Praise God. You know, Jesus is not a condemner. He's a savior. He's a savior. That's the good news. The Bible tells us God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the next verse says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you know, I think this is the biggest misconception that many people have about Jesus is they think that Jesus came to make them miserable, to condemn them, to make them guilty. But you see, we're already guilty. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, uh, you know, psychologists are always talking about the need to get out from under guilt and so forth. And uh, you can try and try and try, but the only way to really get free of guilt is through what Jesus did. Praise God. So God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That mean, means that God sent his son, Jesus, to the earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He taught us right from wrong. And then he went to a cross to bear our sins. Did you know that Jesus bore our sins on the cross? Yep. All right. I may know the word of God is true. <laughs> Jesus bore our sins. Well, if he bore our sins, then we don't need to bear them. Amen. And so he went to that cross and he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And they buried him. He was dead in the grave for dead, three dead, days. Dead. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us that we are justified or made righteous through that resurrection. In other words, God was telling us through that resurrection, our sins are forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. <clears throat> We're made new creatures in Christ. <clears throat> That's good news. Praise God. So these Pharisees, they're, of course, they're operating under the law. They're operating in the flesh. Well, the law, the Bible says, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So Jesus actually came to bring a change. You can see this in many aspects of his ministry, that he brought a change. He did, actually did not lower the standard of righteousness. And, and we can see in some instances, he, he raised the bar of righteousness. The Old Testament said, you will not commit adultery. Jesus said, you won't even look at a woman to, to lust upon her, or you've already committed adultery in your heart. Jesus came to change hearts, amen. The law was given to us as a temporary measure until Jesus came. And the Bible said the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So through the law, we understand we need Jesus. We all need Jesus. 
And you know, we might speculate about what Jesus wrote on the ground that day. I don't think it mattered. <laughs> you know, and, and many people have speculated, but you know, um, we don't really know. But you know, it could be, Susan, that he wrote the Ten Commandments there on the ground. That would have taken a little bit of writing. Yeah, well, it says he stooped down a second <laughs> time. So maybe he wrote the first five and, and then stooped down and wrote another five. But whatever it was, we know that Jesus always knew how to handle every situation. He knew how to handle these Pharisees. They wanted to obey the law and condemn this woman. And they are the accusers. Where and, are, yeah, she said, where are, he said, where are your accusers? They were the accusers. You know, the devil is the accuser. And, you know, from what I see from this story is Jesus doesn't listen to the accusers. Mm. He listens to you. Yeah. And he sees your heart. He sees your spirit. So God isn't looking at your accusers. God's looking at you. Amen. And it's interesting. He said, where are your accusers? They're, they're not here, Lord, you know. And, and he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. In other words, Jesus forgave her. And I want you to realize that it's not, it doesn't matter how many Pharisees tell you that you're condemned. Amen. If Jesus says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Amen. Amen. And so we're talking about how to overcome condemnation. Number one thing is come to Jesus and receive forgiveness. Amen. And I think, Susan, about the experience that you had many years ago. Uh, and we both came to the Lord in 1977. And you had an experience with the Lord where you knew you were washed. Mm -hmm and clean. Mm -hmm. I was forgiven. And you see, it just agrees with the Bible, you know, that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. He lets us know mm. that we're forgiven. So if we come to Jesus in sincerity mm -hmm. and we confess our sins and we let him be Lord of our lives, he'll forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, it says It's that. a done deal. It's a done it's a done deal. You know, the thing of it is with condemnation and forgiveness is that God forgives and then he doesn't remember it. It's yeah. not like he's old and he's senile. It's that when you're forgiven, he washes you. He washes you white as snow and and he, you're forgiven, that means it's, it's blotted out. Yeah. So he doesn't even remember it. And, and it's, it's, it's us who remembers the fault or the failing or the accusing or the accusers. And uh, I think if we would get it in our pea brain that he does not know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what, what sin did you commit? Amen. So I think that's that's the battle, is in in our minds yeah. that we we have a hard time. I don't know if it's really forgiving ourselves or the hurt we did. I don't know exactly what it is, but we think if we flog ourselves enough times, then it will be eradicated, which is such foolishness. Mm -hmm. And I'm preaching to myself, <clears throat> is that. 
God has forgiven that sin. Well, it's interesting, you know, the word condemnation. Or we didn't even know it. It's not necessarily we did something bad. You know. Yeah. Well, it can be just I'm not good enough. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a. It's an attitude. It's a stronghold, really. It's a stronghold that's it's a contrary to the stronghold. truth. It's the contrary to the truth of Christ. You know. Yeah. It isn't sin. And I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's, you know. It, like you said, you know, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not good enough to be forgiven. It's a spirit. It's a, it's a bad spirit. It's not a good condemnation. spirit. It's interesting, the word condemnation there from the Greek, the word translated condemnation, it means to give judgment against or to judge worthy of punishment. That's why in a lot of religions you have to sort of punish yourself to make up for your sin. But that's not, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that God allowed his son to be punished so we could be forgiven. And I think one thing that we need to really clarify too is that there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction, yeah. conviction is when a light is shined upon something that's wrong, you know, and you become convinced that it's wrong and that you need forgiveness. That's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You notice that these Pharisees, it says they became convicted by their own conscience, by whatever Jesus had said there, you know, he that's uh, not sinned, let him throw the first stone. They realized that they were in the same boat as her. They had sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So conviction came upon them. And, and conviction is a good thing, you know, whether you're a non-Christian or a Christian. If you're a non-Christian, conviction is good, so you come to know that you need Jesus to be Lord of your life and to forgive your sins. But after you become a Christian, after you've been born again, then conviction continues to come. Because why? Well, because we sin. The Bible said, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. Mm -hmm. So we miss it because we have flesh. Mm -hmm. But God's given us a way of escape because he said, if you'll confess that sin... He's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Conviction is good. Conviction is good. Condemnation is destructive. Mm. But think of it this way now. Our, our father, our is, father is a good, 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 good father. Amen. He loves you. He's not a Pharisee. He wants the best for you. It's his, mm. his good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. You what, know. what good are you if... if you're dead. Mm. You know, God wants to see you live and prosper and, uh, ha you, know, ha you know, fulfill your purpose on the earth. Yeah. You know, thing. he doesn't want you, you know, when you're defeated and beat up right. and, and thinking you're a dud, you don't produce much fruit for the kingdom of God. And I think that's what the devil wants to do with many people is discourage them so they won't fulfill their destiny, their calling, their future, their family, their marriage, their job. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think, you know, the enemy has convinced people that they're doing God a favor by condemning themselves. Oh. And it's, you know, he sent Jesus so that we wouldn't have to be condemned and so that we could have victory. And just like you said, Susan, if 
if we're condemned, if we're defeated, we're not going to be able to help anyone. Mm-mm. You know, we have to rise up above this. We have to walk in the truth. You know, later you know. in this chapter, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, the truth is, if you've repented of your sin, you're forgiven. Amen? God forgives you and you need to receive it and take it as your own. You need to possess it and take it and walk in the light of it. Praise God. But I, I want to just think just think for a moment, just to kind of bring this, you know, to home, to your heart. God is a good, good father, and he forgives. He wants to forgive. It's like most of us as parents, if our children do something, it doesn't matter really how bad it is, if they come and ask forgiveness, amen, we're going to forgive them. Well, even when they're naughty, right? you know, you still love them, right. and you still want the best for them. And that's our father. You know, he, he's... He's a better parent than we are. Yeah, he's much better. <laughs> and, and you know, the scripture said, Jesus made the statement, he said, he that believes in me shall not come into condemnation. And, and so, but has passed from death unto life. So when we believe in Jesus, we put our trust in Jesus as our savior, then we'll not come into condemnation, you know? He'll not be our judge, he's, he'll be our forgiveness. Our forgiveness, for, he'll be our forgiver. And uh, he, he wants the best for us. And we're living in a season of grace. You know, I think I might have mentioned that scripture. Uh, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So under the law, it's just, if you do this, if you do right, you'll be blessed. That was just as simple as it was, you know. And that was the law of Moses. So actually what these Pharisees said was correct under the law. But Jesus came to bring grace. I was just trying to put back my shoulders. Yes. So grace came, and grace is akin to mercy. Grace is God's unmerited favor. He forgives. He gives grace. So what is the title of this message? Overcoming Condemnation. Okay, so I have a question for you. Mr. Tom. Yeah, let me finish my point sometime. (laughs) Go ahead. How do you overcome? (laughs) How do you overcome? You know, I think a a lot of us would say, yeah, amen, I agree, that's right, but I'm still struggling. How do I unstruggle? That's just what I was getting to. Oh, he's always right. (laughs) Whatever. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, all right? So Jesus said, you shall know the truth, truth and the truth, truth shall, shall make you free. Set you free, yeah. yeah. So how do we overcome condemnation? We overcome it by the truth. I mean, we've already established that condemnation, if you've repented, you've come to Jesus, mm-hmm. he's forgiven you. That's the truth. We've already established that's the truth. But Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's only the truth that you know that will make you free. I know a lot of it. A lot of what, truth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, But how let's... do you get this truth? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, first of all, of course, you must be born again. I am. And second of all, you must recognize the truth that 
You're a child of God. And that comes by the Holy Spirit. I got that. And then you must walk in the light. How do I do that? Walk in the light of your (laughs) salvation. Jesus said, and this is, this is John uh, 8, 12. He says, he that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we're coming into an area here. You ask how to overcome condemnation. Oh. We're going to have to begin to deal with this thing that's on our shoulders. Man. Called the mind. I agree. Yeah. So uh, be not conformed to this world. Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. You see, because you've had a salvation experience, Jesus is coming to live in your heart, but you've still got this old way of thinking. And the Bible says, put off the old man with his corrupt deeds and put on the new man. That was written to Christians, people who had already been saved. You see, Uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, he says, walk not like other Gentiles walked in the vanity of their mind. You've got to change your way of thinking, and that requires some discipline. And that's why God gave us this word. We have to absorb what God's word says into our life. And that involves, basically, I want to say three things. Number one, what you think, number two, what you say, and number three, what you do. You cannot have victory with God by disagreeing with his word. You have to think in alignment with his word. If you've come to Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things are become new. It doesn't mean you're exempt from temptation, but something has changed. Now you have to walk in the light of it. You have to believe what God's word says. So how do you overcome condemnation? It's the same way you got saved. You overcome condemnation by faith in God's word. And you see, in order for God's word to work in us, we have to agree with it, we have to speak in line with it, and then we have to walk it out in the things that we do. And when we do these things, we begin to line up with God's plan of victory for our lives. So if our thoughts are always, oh, I, I'm, I'm such a miserable sinner, and we continue to ponder and meditate on the things that we've done wrong in the past, you know, we're not going to have victory. We have to begin to realize, hey, I'm a child of God. And I tell you, We've all missed it. And we can roll these things over and over in our mind until we're just the scum of the earth, you know? But we have to say, no, I'm forgiven and I'm going forward. I'm following Jesus and I'm walking in his light today. And I I refuse to live under condemnation for something that God's son paid to set me free from. So you begin to think about who you are. What does God say about you? Susan, he says, you're the righteousness of God. (laughs) You're the righteousness of God in Christ. He says, he that spared not his own son, but offered him up freely for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give Susan all things? 
he gives us, he's, you know, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You have to think in line with this word, amen? And then you have to speak in line with his word. How about when you're laying in bed and you, you think of shortcomings? What do you do? You're, it's all dark. <laughs> it's all dark and you're just laying there and you woke up at night. <laughs> well, tell me what you think you should do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is called uh, uh, How to Overcome Condemnation 101. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. And, and, and I hear what you're saying, and we might have to do this video over again until I get it right. Well, I mean, I, but, th you I know, think we need to continue, you know, to continue to, to minister on this subject uh, and in our own lives and videos or whatever way. But, you know, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, you know, okay, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I kind of say stupid things sometimes and then it bothers me and I beat myself up for it. It's not like I had to ax someone to death or something. I mean, no, no you know, right. terrible, horrible. But, you know, I beat myself up for being stupid. Conviction is good. Condemnation is bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what, what does the word say? You know, something like that, okay? You say, and I, I have the same kind of things happen, you know, I'll talk with somebody and then I'll have, maybe it's a great conversation, but I'll say one thing that was stupid, you know, and then I'll go, oh, I just, you want to kick myself. But, you know, the Bible said, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just. So we've got, to, we've got to get, you know, we've got to get in this mindset of when we confess something, it goes in the Lord's, in this, in this uh, sea of forgetfulness. <laughs> you know, it's done with, praise God, because I'm going forward with Jesus. That, that is the thing that Jesus told this woman. He says, go and sin no more. Okay. Goes in his incinerator. Yeah, goes in the burn-up pile. So he says, go and sin no more. Well, if Jesus said, go and sin no more, well then, praise God, go and sin no more. He can, we can do what he tells us to do. Then he says, he that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. And I think this is, this is one of the things, you know, we realize that we'll miss it because we're human, we've got flesh. But... All the Lord expects for you to do is to follow him, to walk after the Spirit. You know, just to, to endeavor to follow his plan for our lives and let his Spirit live through us. Amen? And it's a growing process. I don't care if you're uh, 15 years old, 5 years old, uh, 55 or, or 71, like some people. But, you know... Um, it's a process. It's a process. We're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. You think I'll make it? You're, you are making it. <laughs> You're doing great. And you know, God loves us, and He's on our side. And it's just just think about a parent. You know, He's teaching that child to ride a bike. You know, when they when they make it for uh, 15 feet, mom and dad are applauding. Right? They're happy. Our father is happy, you know. Yeah. When you overcome that ha that habit for uh, a day or whatever it is, he's happy. Praise God. And then you miss it. He says, "Come on, get up, confess it, 
and let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You know, the only, the only problem we can have is if we walk away from him, amen? Mm. And I'm not gonna I'm do not, that, that's amen? That's not happening. And I choose to walk in victory, and so do you, amen? So Susan, why don't you pray for <laughs> our watchers, listeners, and then we'll, we'll see how the Lord leads from there. Father God, I just, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the forgiveness of sins because of what you did on the cross and were buried and rose again, and you truly are alive. I thank you, Father God, that you're leading and guiding us in all truth. And I thank you, the truth is your word. That's right. And Father God, I do pray for our minds. Yes, Lord. Father God, that we would willingly choose to empty out the trash and the garbage that's in our brains, Father God, that's keeping us from our destiny, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for a freshness, a fresh breeze through our minds and yes, our hearts today, Father God. Breeze. I thank you, Father God, for people all over the world that are listening to this, Father God, that they thank can be you, set free of condemnation mm -hmm. and come into a newness and, and come into their destiny and their hope, mm -hmm. and they can be used mm -hmm. mightily by the Lord in their workplace, in their families. Mm -hmm. And Father God, they can be hold their heads up right, mm -hmm. uh, upright, that knowing that they aren't condemned because oh, Jesus you, has set them free. So I just pray, Father God, that we would take the, the bands off our necks and set us free. We have to set ourselves free because Jesus has already set us free. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Father God, for a fresh breeze and good sleep and good attitudes. And Father God, that we would uh, 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 ooze mm -hmm. love to those people around us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us through our website at shanklinministries.org. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, you can give us a thumbs up on this if you liked it. And subscribe to our channel. We'd love to stay in touch with you. And uh, other than that, we bless you in the name of Jesus. And thank you for watching. Amen. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Good News for Everyone from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom and I want to invite you to visit our website at www.shanklinministries.org. You will find many encouraging articles and videos and podcasts. There's news about our worldwide outreach and also ways you can connect with us. We'd love to hear from you.